So, John, um, I had mentioned to you, I think I could be wrong, but one of our top rated episodes of all time, and we're, we're getting up now, this is going to be episode 72, but one of our top rated episodes of all time. Cheap Cherokee. It's got to be that one. It actually was. Oh, I, I was, was kidding. I, no, I was mistaken <laughs> before. The episode 10 XJ Cherokee was one of our top rated. Oh, cool. But in our top five was our International Harvester Parts, or our International Harvester uh, history episode. Yeah, you can't say enough about those combines and tractors, man. They're just, I mean, they're explicitly <laughs> off from Well, you That's know we they covered. made more than combines and tractors. Yeah, they made parts for the M1 Grand in World War II. Oh, my God. John, <laughs> we're not going to do this again. Oh, and come on. You were telling me they made refrigerators and there was yeah. one on Friends and all this yeah. and that. Yeah, I, I remember. It's been like a year, but I remember, okay? Um, I have some PTSD on this. but uh, <laughs> Anyways, no, you came very well prepared for that episode. Yeah. I tried. Anyways, on UA, Ultimate Adventure, uh, I ran into these really cool guys, um, Jeff and Zaid Ismail, and they are um, with International Harvester Parts America. Uh, they've agreed to come on the podcast. Uh, we're going to dial them up in here in just a second. You want to talk to these guys today? I suppose. As you suppose. Well, you, you, you shut me down about the tractors, so yeah, I don't know now. I'm not. You can ask them about <laughs> tractors. I'm not sure how much they know about tractors, but uh, yeah, let's talk about the International Harvester Four by Fours. At least like off road vehicles. Let's do it. <laughs> It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio, they're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up, here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. All right, uh, Jeff and Zay, do we have you guys on the line? Yeah, we're here. All right, awesome. So let me ask you that uh, we already talked. I don't know if you had a chance ever to listen to our um, Wheelin' uh, Ultimate Adventure recap episodes, but uh, of course we had to mention one of the most epic things that happened on UA, and that was a particular white scout maybe showing its axles to the sun. <laughs> yeah, the scout finally. You know, it took it to the point level that it decided to take a nap on the trail and said it had enough. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, we uh, all yeah, do that, that sometimes. No <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, no fault of the scout. Uh, <laughs> it chose to um, add, add a little bit of comfort to this year's UA, and that ended up making the scout a little top-heavy. So uh, <laughs> in that off-camber situation, it uh, didn't take much of a bump to end up laying that thing on its side. So lesson learned, and... And we'll move on from there. Well, as you as you remember, myself and Vern Simons were the only ones that were actually witnessed that. I think in person. Maybe there was one or two other spotters up the trail, but everyone else had gone up to look at the Warren Jeep, which had blown up its uh, axle. I think that's what had happened um, when you had you'd gone over there. So it was kind of like you you and uh, Chad, who I was riding with, were at kind of the tail end of that last day of the trip there, and. Man, uh, that was that was epic. That was that was pretty epic. I mean, which I was very sad because, um, you know, we had three scouts on UA, and you you had such a 
probably the nicest one there. Such a beautiful, beautiful scout. Uh, why don't you you guys tell us about that scout that you built? Uh, yeah, I, I will. I'll, I'll, thank you. I appreciate it. Might have been nice, but boy, it sure was temperamental that whole week. <laughs> but um, st still, uh, still corn binder power. It's got an international three ninety two in it. Um, it's fuel injected. It's got a big cam in it, headers, um, air conditioning, and then an onboard air compressor. Just about every other little doodad you can you can throw underneath the hood there. Uh, NV forty five hundred five speed overdrive tranny. Uh, made it to a Jeep Dan 300 with four to one gears. <laughs> John's uh, over here. He's weirdest. like, yeah. Okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I'm very Dan pro manual transmission. 44. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, I love them. Uh, 60 rear, 44 front, um, uh, air lockers, 513 gears. So it scoots really well on the on the highway but it also you know with about 115 to one crawl ratio so it still does a great Oof. job crawling around and um you were running a rooftop tent on that and uh you said you did have fuel injection that's a gm fuel injection system on it or is that something that you yeah make, hamilton or? yeah hamilton fuel injection uh, bill hamilton's a good friend of mine and so it's uh it's based off a factory gm tbi fuel system Hmm. Um, really has been trouble free for years, but for whatever reason, the first day of UA, we developed a, a fuel pump issue that I uh, never experienced before on it. And unfortunately, hmm. because of the flop, you know, I'm not, just not driving the scout now. So I just don't have the ability to, to see if I can find out what went wrong. Like why all of a sudden that, that problem, uh, crept up on us there on the first day and was kind of a gremlin the whole, the whole week there, uh, but um, we'll, we'll figure it out and fix it and go from there. Well, okay, so, um, and I'm showing Johnny Orange right now. He's seen him before, but I'm showing him pictures again of you going over there in South Dakota. Uh, what uh, What's going to happen with the Scout? Are you rebuilding it, or is it done for, parting it out? What's, what's the plan here? Uh, the plan is just to put it into hibernation for a little while uh, and concentrate on a new rig for Ultimate Adventure for next year. And then once that's built and settled in, you know, maybe a year from now, we'll get back on the scout. It, it was getting pretty beat. And like I said, I've been driving that thing for 18 years. Hmm. So there was a lot of things underneath the chassis. It was just getting tired and worn out. So it was it was time for a good rebuild. Um, hated to go out in this manner, but um, it, it kind of forces my hand in getting it done, the, you know, the way I want to get it done today. The, the vehicle was built 18 years ago for a totally different purpose than what I'm now using it for. So, um, you know, more modifications are definitely on hand, but it, it will be back. You know, it'll definitely be back. I'm super glad to hear that. And, uh, you know, just just for our listeners' reference, what uh, um, Jeff is considering a beat rig here, we would consider <laughs> Michigan new. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Beat, there's not a scratch or dent or any rustles on that thing. Yeah, exactly. That's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. rig. Um, now, uh, was that your first UA, or had you done UA before? So that was my uh, second UA. Uh, we went to Alaska last year uh, for UA, so that was a pretty epic trip. Um, the scout did great that year. I'm not a mud guy. It was mostly a mud trip, but um, we persevered, and drove all the way to Alaska and, and did UA and drove all the way home, like over 7,500 miles in about 18, 17, 18 days. Wow. So it was a, 
Yeah, so the, the scout definitely earned a good reputation there. But like I said, it definitely uh, it definitely didn't want to do it again this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you still made it all the way through day seven. So, uh, Zay, did you go up to Alaska as well? I did not go to Alaska. Oh, you did. So was this your first UA, the one that we just all went on? Yeah, it was my first UA. All right, so cool. And so, Zaid, uh, Jeff's your dad, correct? Correct. All right, man. So you're both involved with IH Parts America. Um, now, uh, Jeff, are you the founder of that company? Yeah, yeah. I started it back up in 2004 and, uh, you know, started in a pole barn at my parents' house and just kept working and working and, and brought on uh, a couple of really good friends, Darren and Michael. They started a long time ago with me, and they're, they're still here today. And we progressed on to uh, the shop I'm sitting in right now, which is at my house. We worked in it for five years. And then once we had enough spare change saved up, we, we bought a bigger place in, in, the, in town and uh, moved the business there almost five years ago. So now we just use this old shop for the R&D center and um, developing new stuff and, you know, just working on our, on our IHs. Super cool. So, of course, I got to ask, uh, how did you get involved in IHs in the first place? Like, where was the passion for them? I mean, why not say, I don't know, uh, you know, Priuses or, you know, old Honda Civics or whatever, you know, like, uh, what? Just give them the crowd up on four by four. Oh, Keith, okay. Or, or old Jeeps yeah. or whatever, you or know. Chevy trucks. <laughs> uh, you know, some families grew up in old Chevys or some in Fords or Dodges. We grew up in old internationals. Uh, my dad did gardening and landscaping and property maintenance for many years and used an international truck in his, uh, in his business. And so, like I said, we just, we grew up in them and, and that's just, you know what we stuck around driving I, I still daily drive one every day nice what's your daily uh I, for the most part I, I put the most miles on my 70 travel all i do a lot of hauling with it and um you know it just has room i don't have to worry about the weather if i do have stuff in it i can lock it so it's you know 392 with the nv4500 and the 205 transfer case and then it's got a dana 60 in the front and a 14 bolt in the back so awesome i know when i was loaded bringing the scout back from oregon after ultimate adventure we pulled onto the scales and had a combined weight of seventeen thousand two hundred pounds so that old that old iron heavy corn binder was hauling some weight that's for sure yep <laughs> we've uh, mentioned before uh, uh we have a local auto parts store and, and uh the gentleman that owns it uh drives a he's actually a listener to the podcast as well he drives a travel all every single day as his daily driver year round nice. so um they're definitely still out there i love them um you know i drive an international every day too but unfortunately it's wrapped in a ford <laughs> truck so i've got an international <laughs> seven three diesel so <laughs> i can't play this game <laughs> um you know so you know, you guys, IH Parts America, uh, hot, so you told us kind of the company got it started at your parents' house, and you, you built it up from there. Um, you, from what I'm I'm kind of putting together, it seems like you guys ha are the go-to company for, um, like, original new old stock parts, things like that, and then you're also working on some other things as well for aftermarket parts. 
uh, to keep these old, uh, not just scouts, but all sorts of internationals on the road. Yeah, yeah that's correct. Um, you know, we, we cater to all sides of the market. So from the original restoration guys or purists to the guys that are doing resto mods and then, you know, the whole off-road crowd. We have our in-house product line called CPT, Crawler Proven Technology. So we have like a lot of suspension components or anything that we make for the internationals. We, we put our CPT name on it. I mean, we made billet aluminum pulleys for these international motors and um, different just different uh, like power steering kits. Again, the suspension kits, steering kits, disc brake kits, uh, overdrive transmissions. You know, even working with with Chad over at Quick Draw to come up with a, a new bell housing design to run a AX15 behind these uh, old international four cylinder motors. So um, definitely like a lot of a lot of our parts that we we make in house is for modernization to, to improve on what we have. So, but but we do cater. Like I said, we try to cater to the whole market. And the bulk of our business, like ninety percent, is, is online retail, just selling parts all over the world. But we do have our own restoration shop. Uh, and, you know that we do uh, a lot of customer restorations, uh, resto mods, whatever they want, and then some of our own manufacturing we do in house as well. Awesome. What well, what would you guys say is probably your best selling product? Probably like the lift kit for the Scout 8800s. We sell quite a bit of those. Um, reverse shackle kits we sell a lot of. And then, I don't know, probably like fuel tanks and fuel sanding units is a pretty common item too. Nice. Yeah, the... Uh, um you would tell me a little more of the CPT technology. Are you building your own um, suspension systems for the Scouts? Correct. So, like, we have our own complete lift kit for, like, say, the, the early scouts, as we call it, the 61, the 71s, where it's uh, new springs, uh, all new shackles, bushings, using Bilstein shocks. Um, it just really, for, for an old scout, it improves the, improves the ride quality quite a bit. So, we concentrate on a lot of that stuff, a lot of, the, you know, even for the scout twos, and then we've even got into the full size uh, doing lift kits for those as well. And trying to use like common parts. So for like our full size trucks, we've designed brackets that actually use a common seventy three to eighty seven GM uh, lift spring that anybody can buy anywhere. So um, you know, hard to find international springs, but you can buy a lift spring for GM anywhere. So that, that's what we designed our kit around. That's awesome. So just little little things like that. Yeah, anything that we we use, you know, it just no one's really making specific stuff for these things anymore. So you have to find something else off the shelf, and then tweak it and make it work for these things so that's that's where the money and then you know is, is having the knowledge to figure that stuff out you know you know uh jeff i never fully um even prior to the episode here and this is kind of my bad i never really introduced my co-host here johnny orange but you're kind of talking his language right now um a couple of different ways one um you know everything you're mentioning is manual transmissions and he is a big manual transmission guy especially a big fan of the ax-15 uh but two he uh Everything John builds, he tries to bolt together, even if it's using a different manufacturer. He tries to figure out ways to use factory parts um, or at least readily available parts yeah. uh, for his builds. And so uh, I'm sure, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, John, but I think you could probably appreciate 
Uh, the fact, like he was just saying, that they're using Chevy lift spring oh, parts and stuff. I mean, it's readily available stuff. I mean, take design. what's available and make it work for you. I, I love it and just kind of live most yep. of my life by that principle. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. That's like one of the reasons I built the travel all with GM parts underneath, you know, for 14 bolt rear end, Dana 60 up front. Especially on a 14 bolt. It's like, man, you could be anywhere in this country and <laughs> have a problem with that 14 bolt. You'll find a part for it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So that was like one of the reasons of taking like the international. Even though that Dana 60 in it, there's still a little bit of oddball stuff. It's like, yeah, you can find brake shoes, wheel cylinders, but then you go to find a brake drum and boom, it's a piece of unobtainium worth, yep. you know, an arm and a leg just to find. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it's trying to find common parts. Back then, a lot of these guys did so many similar things between Ford, Chevy, and Dodge, and all it is is just opening up the parts books and trying to find, Yeah, um, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, look here, you know, International is pretty good about borrowing parts from all these other guys, <laughs> so usually if you could just find find that part number or source, you're, you're golden, you're in for finding a replacement. Yeah, or something close enough, like you said, you know, grind this tab off and it bolts on kind of thing. Yeah, yep, just knowing what other part that you can make work with just yeah. a little fidgeting on it. Yep. Speaking of uh, books, uh, you are the producer, or would the right word be author, of Binder Books, is that correct? Well, the owner of Binder Books. My wife and I own that as well. That was a, a business we picked up a little over two years ago. Um, knew the owners for a long time, and uh, they were getting ready to retire and get out of it. Um, we actually had available space at our new location in town. And I just thought, man, this would be a perfect fit. You know, we're all about preserving history at IH Parts. That's our number one goal is preserving history. Number two is making money doing it so we can keep <laughs> doing number one. Absolutely. And I thought buying your books would be perfect because that's just a total preservation. That's just a whole conglomeration of history right there with all the amount of paperwork that we were getting, all the books and manuals to every little international thing that they ever made from refrigerators to you know, actual corn binders or, or wheat thrashers or whatever the heck they made, man, I'll tell you, if, if, if International made it, we've got a, a manual on it. It's crazy how much stuff they made through the years. So just having that little bit of a basically a personal library of International Harvester stuff at our fingertips, it's just awesome having that. But but just knowing that we've at least we've secured it and we've got it held, that, that whole bit of information in a, in a spot at least to keep that part of the history and, and legacy going. So is that, I, you'll have to forgive me, I don't know what the binder books is, but that's just that a collection of the materials, manuals, and all that stuff? Yes, correct. So awesome. binderbooks.com is, is the website, and from there we have printing equipment. We're licensed uh, through Case New Holland and through Na uh, Navistar International for reproducing all this stuff. We pay them a royalty every quarter for, for having the, the pleasure of doing it. But, um, cool. Yeah, like I said, it's great. You know, we're we're just people all the time. And a lot of it is, it's like 50-50 on the business. You know, half of it is uh, trucks and, and scouts and, and medium trucks and large trucks. And then the other half is all the tractor stuff that we have. Nice. Oh, so you do parts for not just the scouts and the travel alls and things like that, but in the, in the small trucks. But you also do parts for the big trucks as well? We, we, we don't do much for parts on on anything except for the scouts and pickup trucks the books though the books we have for everything i see awesome well that would that would actually be helpful as well i mean i even just finding some of that information these days i, I you know for example uh 
you know, my parents own a company and they use a, a couple of medium duty uh, international trucks. Uh, and I know that they've had a hard time cross-referencing parts and things like that. So if they would have contacted you, you probably would have been able to sell them uh, the correct manuals and books for, you know, if they called you up, um, you know, I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but if they called you up and said, hey, we've got a 1992 international uh, whatever model they would call those medium duty, the larger trucks. Um, would S you uh, the the S series that you said? Yeah. Uh, and uh, that that must have been Zade there. You sound a little different there. So Zade, yeah. so if they had the S series, <laughs> so if they called you up and they said an S series, and I don't know enough about these trucks as well, um, you guys would be able to support them with literature that would help them to figure out the right parts and factory uh, pieces that they would need to keep those trucks on the road? Yep, yep, definitely on the literature side. We, we would definitely have uh, either a parts catalog, a service service manual, or an owner's manual for it. That's and what's awesome. cool sometimes on these, it's like we don't have something. Just knowing, having connections with the international, we'll call them up and go, hey, we're, we've got somebody looking for this manual. And, the, like, say we might have a copy, but it's so poor I can't copy it. I can't make copies of it. They're like, hey, we got a perfect one here. We'll <laughs> set you up. So it, it, it's really nice having that, um, being able to have that type of information at our fingertips, pretty much. For sure. We're definitely going to have to keep that in mind. John, I know a few people I'm going to be sending your way for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah Dan, oh, yeah. Dan and whatnot with his scouts and all yeah. that. Um, but a Garrett, too. True, true. Um, but John and I and producer Andrew, who's kind of a silent partner here, sometimes you hear him in the background. But, um, we try to get him to talk. We he all, refuses to. We all are involved <laughs> with the Museum of Offroad Adventure, which I know I've talked to you about in the past, but we've started to develop a library of old manuals and books and things like that, specifically for the purpose not of reproducing, that's not the business we're in, but for having the information. And if somebody needs it in the future, we've got outer print manuals for older 4x4 vehicles and things. But it's very nice to know now that if we have a museum patron that comes in and says, hey, I'm looking for this information on this international, uh, that we know where to direct them now. Because we, we probably yeah, don't yeah. have, I don't think we have any international literature. We may have one, I think we may have a scout, a skill, uh, an old Chilton scout manual or Maybe. something. But um, <laughs> so if somebody comes in and they're doing something with international, we've got a source. We got a source. <laughs> we can tell them, you know, get a hold of these binder books, people over at IH Parts America. I mean, yep. that's that's pretty darn cool. Uh, I did not know that yep. that's what the business model was. I should have done better research on that. That is that, <laughs> no, that that's really cool. Um, yeah. sp speaking yeah. of the oddball stuff, and I guess kind of maybe changing subject a little bit there, um, you know, I noticed, um, Zade, you've commented a couple of times. You and I are friends on Facebook, of course, and I, we're in some of the same groups. Um, people have been looking for parts. I've noticed over the years that, like, international, for whatever reason, like the Dana axles they use, they use some specific parts that were, like, specific to international. Um, you guys seem to have a stock of these or know where to get them or something like that. Uh, you know, I guess this is a two-part question. Do you know why international kind of went away from what the big three did? And two, uh, you know, how much after aftermarket or new old stock support do you guys have for some of say like those axles and trans and transfer case parts for those old internationals 
Well, we de- uh, definitely, like I said, we, we have access to some of this stuff for sure. I mean, some of it's unobtainium. You just can't find it. You're just stuck with, with scrounging through the junkyards trying to find what you can. Um, some of the other stuff, like spindles, dub shafts, it is still made and reproduced. As the Y International would, would like, for instance, use eight bolt spindles, but well, everybody else is using six. I don't know. You know, it just <laughs> definitely made made some parts a little bit harder to find because of that. Some things are easy. They mimic a Jeep, like on a Scout too. It's the same same as Jeep parts. But boy, some of this other stuff, yeah, I have no idea why they they had to make things just a little bit different. It really no rhyme or reason on some of that stuff for sure. The International did back in the day. Yeah, change for change's sake, uh, you know. But uh, so you know, you're able to. It really seems to me, though. Um, I've noticed there's been a number of people. I'd heard of IH Parts America, you know, I'd not being an international owner myself, but I'd still heard of you guys kind of being in the industry. But I've really started to take a notice after meeting you guys on UA. Um, and it seems like you're really kind of the go-to company for some of this, like, well, like you said, almost unobtainium stuff. Um, something tells me you got some stockpiles of, of things that some people can't find. Um, but you know, you don't have to give up your secrets if you don't want to there, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, sorry, Jeff, go ahead. It's definitely a niche market. There's only a few, (laughs) few of us big dogs really that, you know, in the country really doing it, but, but there's definitely a lot of smaller shops that have opened up, especially in the last few years that are starting to do it. And it's just great. You know, there's just more, more and more people trying to keep these things on the road more the better. So. We're, we're trying to do our best, like I said, and concentrate on, on parts, trying to keep parts in these guys' hands and keeping these trucks back on the road. Did you think when we went on UA that you were going to be the only uh, international uh, driver there, or were you surprised to see two more? Um, you know, being a sponsor, I, I have a little bit of inside information. So I, I knew that the UA international scout from last year was going to be there Trends and then rig. whether they picked a reader or not that was that was just you know like hey it'd be cool if you guys did and and well they were cool about it and they you know they ended up did and it was totally a it was a rig uh, joe grishop scout i mean it belonged on ua that thing was like flawless <laughs> the whole week i don't think he had a single problem with that entire thing did he ever he, he had a crack shock mount that he probably could have got away with, you know. <laughs> oh, crack block. shock! You know? <laughs> Hell, I don't yeah. think my daily driver has working shock absorbers. So, <laughs> yeah, I hear So, um, man, uh, you know, we haven't heard much from Zade there. Zade, we want to hear from you. Like, what was your favorite part of UA? Like, what what was, uh, um, or did you enjoy yourself, or were you like, man, I'm never doing this again? Like, like. Give us, give us your UA rundown or what you uh, liked or disliked about it. Well, pretty much every day was definitely a different adventure. I like hanging out with you guys, especially at most campsites and Chad, checking out your guys' cool Jeep that managed to survive with all the thrashing Chad put it through. <laughs> and definitely... Um, poor spots, poor um, parts of the trip were the constant breakdowns every few hours. But other than that, it was pretty pretty fun. 
Well, we had a blast with you as well. Um, I mean, Chad even himself will admit that his Jeep was kind of the bubblegum Jeep of the group. It was the most <laughs> bolt-on, uh, nothing crazy there, but it was something he built. Uh, you guys are going to be very impressed uh, if you're coming next year. I don't know if I'm going to be his co-driver next year or not. That's still up in the air, but... Uh, uh, you'll be very impressed with what he is building for next year. It's going to be completely different than a JK with a bunch of junk bolted to it. I tell you what, uh, not putting Chad. Well, right on. We, we we hope to have something pretty cool to to bring and, and show him too. You know, for what we got already planned, we already actually have a lot of parts on order and uh, coming in. So it's going to be pretty exciting what we're going to awesome. put together. I, I think it'll be pretty cool looking. Uh, definitely. Uh, definitely a little bit different i think than what's been on been out there on on the ua before i i want to say unless they've had something pretty damn old in the past <laughs> all right all right all right so um i'm just gonna play devil's advocate here and i'm gonna play a guessing game and or maybe just straight up devil here because <laughs> i i honestly don't know what you're building but um in the scout world uh, knowing that you're working with chad to do the ax15 behind the slant 4 international motor which john did you even know that they made a slant 4 it's half of a v8 nope <laughs> it's a goofy looking thing it's kind of like the old it. slant 6 dodge but it's hmm. it's literally like half a v8 but anyways weird um so i'm thinking you're gonna build a uh First generation scout. What are the, those are called the eight hundred, correct? Oh uh, yeah, eighty actually. Or, or the eight hundred, but same old body style. So I'm thinking you're going to build an eighty with a uh, slant four with an AX fifteen, and you're going to turbocharge it. <laughs> no, you're oh, pretty far off. I'm pretty far <laughs> off. <laughs> but uh, but kind of close on the scout part. So it is because we offer so many different suspension and drivetrain parts for the Scout, especially the Scout 2 chassis. So we're, that's what we're going to actually build on is the Scout 2 chassis, actually the long wheelbase Scout 2 called the Terra Traveler that's based on a 118-inch wheelbase. Um, of course, we'll use IHDNA under the hood uh, to keep our loyal fans um, still loyal you know by keeping <laughs> that ih red power so you're gonna go uh, 345 392 4500 it'll be envy yeah 392 with an envy 4500 uh alice transfer case uh with a Ooh. 4 3 ratio i do have a set of ultimate dana 60s on order with 538s and arbs oh. so that'll be going underneath um definitely going to go opposite awesome. of, uh, of my sprung over scout we will be keeping this spring under you know i've been two years now of ua i've, I've see what these guys build um and i'm gonna mimic what they build which is low and wide so the uh it'll be like i said so a scout chassis with all that and then as for a body um i've got a lot of different trucks to pick from but i thought i'd go with what in my opinion is definitely the ugliest uh front end that i think international ever put together in 100 years and that was the l series which was 50 to 52 um i've got an l series cab in pretty nice shape that'll make you know i mean it's it's nice enough for a rock crawler but not you know it won't hurt anyone's feelings if we didn't restore it of course <laughs> so it'll um it'll be going on the scout chassis and then we'll decide what we do for a bed whether it's a flat bed or an actual original bed or something like that but i plan on chopping it a little bit i hope if it all works to plan 
and kind of doing a, a pinch job on the nose and all that. So I've, I've already named it Project Hideous because uh, <laughs> it's going to be ugly. I don't and think hideous, he, oh. you know, especially because it's, it's IH, you know, but HI. So I can kind of use the uh, IH logo. Oh, and, uh, I like it. I okay. Love it. All right. All right. We like that. Okay. So it's. It, so it's it's been deemed Project Hideous, and and that's what we're planning on building for, um, for you next know, year. So, like I said, an old a fifty series cab on a on a Scout chassis with with international DNA and, and like I said, low and wide. And hopefully, it um it comes out to plan and, and gives us a good year. You know, like I said, a little bit of redemption from what what we went through this last year. Well, I mean, I don't think you need redemption. You guys got through all seven days. Um, you rolled on the last day, and you still drove off the trail. That is a total oh, win. That counts, yeah, yeah, that totally counts, in my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, you know, I hate to tell you, though, man, and I know it's just personal opinion, I don't think the L-Series is that ugly of a truck. I kind of actually think that they look like what a they almost like a lead sled version of a <laughs> 40s ford truck so um you know i kind of like them in fact there used to be one here in town that a guy had for years that uh he wanted just stupid money for you know because he got those those double back windows i always loved that about him um yeah yeah but honestly uh, it's just the grill i think i think they've got like the ugliest grill on them and the 53 to 55 r series trucks are basically the same thing, but they put a new grill on them, and oh my god, what a! They just look so much cooler. And then they went from there to the from the uh, let me see R. Then they went to the S series, and the S series was only like a one one and a half year thing. And, and really, the S series is like my favorite of all of them. I think it, I think it's just got the coolest body lines to it. And then after the S, they went back to the A series and kind of started the alphabet over. Yeah, but, but it, they did go from like one of the ugliest to within a few years. Boy, they, in my opinion, made one of my most favorite, um, you know, front end and body styles. So, um, like I said, I ain't knocking it. You know, it, it's just, I just like I have my 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 favorites and least favorites of all the years, and I've just always I've been doing this a long time, and I'm like, there's just something about those L series. I've just always thought they were ugly. So, when I decided to do this truck, which this particular truck, um, it wasn't even destined for this um, i sat around here at the shop at the house for a long time i sold the bed off it recently i said well let's take it up to the shop and we'll part it out and i guarantee everyone will sell all the parts and we sold a few parts off it but it ended up nobody bought anything off it really anything major nobody bought a fender or, or the grill or anything mm. and they're always like in demand so i just kept looking at it kept looking at it I said, you know what screw it I said, don't sell any more parts off this thing or build it for ua so, hey, you know what? I think that's got a cool. Second lease on life. Nice. I don't think I've ever seen someone build an off-road L series. So uh, I'm sure it's been done, but maybe no one's ever built a cool, like straight-up hardcore UA capable rig out of one. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what you build. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I really hope we have the time and be able to pull it off to you know what we're envisioning for it. And you said this one's going to get an MV4500 as well. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of one of our signature. It's like there's many of our parts that we offer that we could bolt onto it. So awesome! Um, it's one of the reasons why you know, I've already been told what you're going leaf springs. Like yes, we're going leaf spring because under our CPT name we have a leaf spring suspension system, and we want to display as many of our products as we can at least this first year. And then if all goes good and all that, and we have the time ability, then maybe you know maybe we'll link the thing after a year or two. Nice. Or something. But 
but for now the plan is to to try to utilize and have it you know being a, a showcase of our products on wheels and demonstrating what our what our CPT staff's capable of. So I got a follow up question too. That this for both of you guys. What's your favorite part? The favorite part that you guys under the CP name have. What's your favorite? <laughs> uh, you'll probably laugh at this one, but I guess one of my my favorite little CPT things is the little hydraulic liftgate struts for the liftgate <laughs> on a Scout too. Instead of instead of messing with the old mechanical ratchet things, you know, you just twist the handle and whoosh, like a modern car that, nice. that lift gate opens right up so i know it seems so so basic and remedial but it's like man i, I love i love that, stuff, that little yeah. that little part on there well, yeah. what about you zaid uh for me it's probably the hood strut because you pop the hood a lot on the scouts so definitely saves the time walking around in the passenger <laughs> side to prop it up and close it all right, all right, cool. Hey, let me Zay, let me put you on the spot here because I come from uh, somebody who my my parents, my my father, uh, my mother now as well. My my father passed away last year, but um, you know, family businesses worked in the family businesses for many years. Uh, battled with that kind of uh, you know, do I want to work in the family business or not? Um, and I, and I still do. I actually do still work in my family's business um, part time, but I do my own thing full time. Um, you know, uh, what direction? Like, did do you have that love for the internationals? Where, you know, um, you know, why did you decide to continue in the family business? I guess that's the right question. Why did you decide to continue in the family business with the internationals? Well, I mean, since I grew up with them, I pretty much know everything about them at this point. You know, all the specs, how to take them apart, how to work on them. You know, pretty much all the trucks have been taking them apart and parting them out forever and talking the phone to guys and explaining them how to put them back together. So it's, you might as well just go into the profession of international artists if you already know everything about them. Oh, heck yeah, man. I mean, so you basically got ingrained by the old man there then, didn't you? <laughs> He just, he just, yeah, he, it's pretty much imprinted. <laughs> so do you, do you drive an international every day as well? I do when I usually carpool to work um, with my dad, but yeah, I, I drove my, my primary vehicle was a international harvester. What is it? It's a 72, uh, half ton four wheel drive pickup truck. Oh, is it like the short bed step side thing, or what do you got going on there? No, it's just a long fleet side bed. Nice. Just your standard stock, but it offers a, you have our CVT suspension kit on it with the GM springs and all that stuff, so it's pretty nice. much um, a test vehicle, which has been doing pretty well for the past few years. How does it ride with those GM springs? It's probably one of the smoothest riding internationals on the property. No kidding, man. I got to check one of those out someday. What if I get out your way? You're in California, correct? Yeah, we're up northern California. Next time I'm out that way, it's only every couple of years, but I'm going to have to knock on your door, and you guys are going to have to take me for a test drive uh, in one of those because... Yeah, we'll do more than that, man. I mean, we're only like 45 minutes from Fort Ice Trail, about an hour and a half from Rubicon, so... Nice. No, we're definitely in some prime wheeling areas out here. And that's near wine country out there, as I understand it. So. <laughs> wine country. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's wineries like 10 minutes from here. Oh, like excellent. Nice wineries, too. Oh, oh I like yeah, this. Yeah, there's a lot to do out wine, here. Wine and off-road tour. There's definitely 
definitely a lot to do besides all the other California stuff that's out here. I think John just perked up when he realized you guys were in Northern California because we've <laughs> talked before on the podcast about how there's like the right part of California to be in, and Northern California is definitely it. You know, yeah. Of course, we do appreciate <laughs> oh, the, yeah. the hot rod, rat rod culture in Southern California and stuff like that. But um, you know, you guys, you know, we actually have that here in Grass Valley too. I mean, there's a huge car uh, car following, a lot of old timers. A lot of young guys too, but I mean, there's the cars and coffee every Saturday morning right in town by the Kmart. And, you know, like I said, uh, when they put on a car show out here, they fill up our fairgrounds with like a thousand cars. It's just crazy what they, cool. uh, you know, what what we have out here. So you know, there's a lot of car culture besides the off-road vehicle culture and trucks and all that. I mean, it's it's strong in all makes and models out here. Super super cool, man. Well, I tell you what, um, you know. N- I would love, uh, you know, we're kind of getting a little bit short on time here, but at the same point, um, you know, is there anything else you guys want to talk about with IH Parts America or uh, at the very least, uh, how can people get a hold of you if they're working on an old international? And now, you know, I kind of always thought of you as the scout guys, but now that I know that you're into the trucks and you even have literature on the big trucks and stuff, um, you guys are uh, an awesome resource for anyone who has a binder. So, um, you know, how can they get a hold of you, and what else do you want people to know about your company? Well, like I said, the um, the main website is ihpartsamerica.com. Um, if they're shopping for literature, they'll want to go to the binderbooks.com website because that'll have the thousands and thousands of titles of all the. The different stuff. The IH Parts America site's limited on the book titles, but that's where all the parts are at. Uh, or they can always call. Um, we have a full sale staff on hand, uh, 7.30 to 4.30, Monday through Friday at 530-274-1795. Um, well, like I said, you know, just want people to know that, that we're here to, to help them get their old internationals on the road, like it's specializing in scouts and pickups, but we do have stuff for, for other uh, IH models, um, but but that's what we're here. You know, preserve history, keep these things on the road, keep them going. Um, you know, sometimes we we even pick up like we we own the twentieth Scout ever made. Uh, oh, wow. It's still unrestored, not pretty, but it's still <laughs> original. And that's uh, awesome. it's the twentieth one. It's FC five twenty. That is uh, awesome. We've got a truck here. Uh, it's an A series Travelette. They only made seventy two of them. And of the 72, they only made 17 three-quarter ton 4x4, and there's there's two of them here. So, mm. you know, just little things. We come across a little piece of history like that. It's like, got to snag it before someone yeah. someone else does or goes to the crusher, or they don't know what they have, and they modify it. Or, yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, it's just like I said, it's, it's mostly preserving the legacy, but then having fun doing it. Well, I tell you what, if you ever run out of storage space there and you want to <laughs> ship some stuff Michigan way, <laughs> The Museum of Offroad Adventure would be more than happy to take some things on long-term loan, uh, and <laughs> you could store them here. Because I tell you what, uh, we love having displays like that, and unfortunately, we still currently do not have an international. Although our new treasurer for the museum is a hardcore international guy, uh, the problem we have with displaying his scout is he keeps driving it and off-roading it. <laughs> And so I'm like, man, you need to bring it in here and park it. So, <laughs> but uh, he probably will bring it in during special events and things like that. But uh, yeah, cool. 
you know. Um, yeah, maybe one day we can send something over your way for you to put in the museum so other people can, you know, I've got rigs here that are just sitting and hiding and, you know, unless I bring someone to my house to show them, it's like, yeah, they don't really know it's here, but at least we have it. Like I said, we are preserving it. So, That's awesome. Um, but when we can get get the opportunity to share what we have, uh, we've done it before. We've, we've had a vehicle. Actually, the White Scout was in a in uh, the old Tal Ford Museum in Sacramento years back for a display. So it's pretty cool, you know, to, to be able to do something like that, share what we have. You know, um, I don't remember exactly how you said it yesterday, um, Jeff. But uh, when I when you 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 had a quote, and I and I wish I would have written it down, but it was something about along the lines of kind of your mission um, with your business about preserving history. Do you remember exactly what you said? Because I know it really hit a nerve. Yeah, with yeah me. like I said, our, our our main motto is to preserve history, and number two is to make a profit doing it, so that we can keep doing number one. We can keep keep that history out there. Love so, that. You know, we're we're just about a dozen of us here, and we're, we're trying to make a living doing it. But but at the same time, you know, we can keep putting money back in the business and keep working on preserving these old trucks because they're uh, they're not going to be around forever. And you're keeping them on the road, and you're keeping the enthusiasts behind the wheel, and keeping that word out there. And man, you know, people like you are a gem in this industry, and you know. Just straight up saying, you know, hey, this is exactly what we want to do. Uh, I love that. I love your motto. I love what you're doing. Um, you're, you guys are awesome, and we we can't thank you enough for bringing uh, this type of service to the, you know, not just the international world, but the off road world, the the history world, the the people, you know, John, Andrew, myself, the people we put together this podcast, we're all into preserving the four by four history here. And so when we're talking to a true enthusiast, uh, like yourself and Zade, um, you know, this is, this means a lot to us and we really Not appreciate enough, yeah. it. Yeah. No, like I said, and we, we appreciate what you guys do there because you're, you're doing, you're like, you're just like us, you know, and you're, you're preserving history as well. So we totally can jump on board with what you guys are doing and, I appreciate what you're doing as well. Next time you're Michigan way, we need to take you for a tour through the museum. We're small, but, uh, you know, show you what we're doing and how we're starting up and what's going on here. So we definitely need to do that. Well, I tell yeah, you, definitely. I tell you what, um, I don't want you to uh, go away for a minute, but uh, we're going to uh, close out this episode. So uh, John's got a couple of announcements, but before we do that, is there any other um, announcements that you have? Any any places you want anybody to to check out or, or get a hold of? I know you already talked about the Binder Books and the IHPartsAmerica.com. Um, I want to make sure we're not missing anything. Is there any social media platforms that you'd like people to follow you on? Well, yeah, we've got a Facebook page for, for IH Parts America. Um, actually, Binder Books and CPT, but... Yeah, mostly uh, the, the IH Parts America Facebook page or Instagram page gets the most traffic. And, um, so, yeah, if they want the most up-to-date, that's probably the place to find us at. Uh, even our own forums and website doesn't get the attention that the Facebook page does. <laughs> but um, And then we do have a monthly newsletter that we do send out, so they can always, uh, again, if they go to our IHPartsAmerica.com website on the, on the home page, there's a place there that they can sign up and then... Uh, and then keep up on the latest builds, the latest new parts we're, we're coming out with, um, any shows we're going to. Um, you know, like, it was pretty cool this year. We, we took a trip out to Fort Wayne, Indiana, to where the scouts uh, used to be made. We're at, at the old actual plants in the, cool. the old R&D center. So, yeah, 
like I said, I keep talking all night with you guys about this <laughs> stuff. But <laughs> we, well, I'll tell you what, Jeff, we're definitely going to have to bring you on again in, in the future. You know, we'll get to a certain point where we've got a, a certain international thing that we want to talk about. Um, you know, we we really appreciate you even just coming on now. I, well, you no, know, no, both of you, thank I, you. I, I both of you, both of you, you and Zaid. Um, I know you guys probably do a podcast, you know, three four times a week, and uh, um, you know, there's, there's <laughs> this is my first one ever. Oh, it's your first one ever, huh? Well, uh, I'm glad that we are and the honor. <laughs> uh, how about for you, Zaid? You ever yeah, done a podcast before? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> no, you don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what. Well, now we're, we're your first victims. You're the first ones to get us on a podcast <laughs> and stuff. So, like I said, when the invite came out, I go, "Yeah, that sounds pretty cool." You know, let's, let's give it a try. And we we do appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure. I hope our listeners will enjoy talking to you. And, and by all means, yeah. um, you know, listeners of the Wheel and Podcast, I have met both of these gentlemen in person. Spent a week with them on Ultimate Adventure. I can tell you and right they still now. Talk to you? Yeah, I tell you oh, what. <laughs> these are hardcore wheeling enthusiasts. These are guys that go out and they're not just part slingers. These are people who are doing this for the passion and the love of the industry. And so if you're an international owner, you've got a scout or a pickup truck or even a big truck or whatever, um, you know, this is the company you need to deal with. Uh, IH Parts America. Um, you need to talk to them. They, like I said, you, you know, these are true enthusiasts in the industry, and everyone always wants to deal with the enthusiasts. These are the guys you need to deal with. So, um, on that note, John, uh, where else can they hear from us? Uh, um, well, more about us. Check us out on Facebook. Just search Four by Four Talk in the little search bar there. Interact with us and any of the other listeners of Wheel and Radio. Uh, again, more information, of course, on Jeff and Zaid of IH Parts America. Check out their website, their Facebook page, or thebinderbooks.com. Uh, big thanks to Mr. Andrew, our producer, for without him, none of this would be possible. Um, thank you. you. You do a lot. You do. <laughs> uh, we also have our patreon.com slash radio Access to our after show, The End of the Trail. Little as $2 a month, we get a little bit more loose with the show and topics and uh, have a lot of fun with that. Check that out. And I'm pretty sure that's it. So with that, thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody.